Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my insane friend who owes a lot of back taxes. I could eat a peach for hours. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That was Alex Dandino, not the Nick Cage. (laughs) That's my only one. (laughs) So this this is a special bonus show, guys. You know what time it is. The first of the month, we always unveil our new theme. This month, the pod gets put in a cage. The pod gets caged. Yeah, let's shorten that. The pod gets caged. The pod gets caged. We've decided it's time to honor maybe one of the greatest treasures ever to the art of acting. Easily the greatest living actor for sure. (laughs) Fuck that Daniel Day Lewis guy. Man, he does like he that guy's done eight movies. I've anyone can yell with a mustache. Yeah. Anyone can drink someone's (laughs) milkshake. You show me a guy who can eat a peach for hours, and I'll show you the one, the only Nicolas Cage. Do you know how much time it takes to do Nicolas Cage's hair for every movie? It's always fun because I like watching Nicolas Cage movies from different eras because you see the phase he's in. Like there were about two years where he did like the sweep, the swoop back, but it's it's kind of long. Like right. he had like the longer hair, and then like for a while in the early two thousands, he had just the classic swoop back. Yeah, it, well, he he had the classic young man's fallacies. Like, look at me, I'm all muscular and I have great hair, and then it got really widow's peaky. Yeah, and now, I mean. I don't know what it's doing now. It's kind of a an old man from Dracula kind of look. It's very it's very strange now. But but so Nicholas Cage. What what is your first memory of Nicholas Cage? When did this guy pop on the scene for you? What was it? What did you love about him? Wow, that is a tough question. I think maybe the first time I saw a Nicholas Cage movie was oh my oh Moonstruck. That was definitely the first Nicolas Cage movie. That was I your saw. first. You know why? Because, um, you know, my mom was my mom's a big musical theater person, and she just loves that movie to death. It's weird. There's no musical numbers in that movie, <laughs> but she loved Cher, and she loves Nicolas Cage. Like that was it's the, the first Cherness. Yes, it, it just drenches the whole film. That was the first. <laughs> that was the first time I saw Nicolas Cage, and I'll tell you right now, he scared the shit out of me in that movie because he's this guy who gets betrayed by he gets presumably portrayed by his brother and he accidentally like cut his own hand off in a bread slicer so he has this like (laughs) he has this like the fake wooden hand the whole time and he the first scene he's in he gives this speech about what happened and he just starts fucking going off the rails and i was like well that guy's really fucked up i don't know what's gonna happen You're like, this guy's amazing. Granted, he ends up being the love interest in the movie. But regardless, it was the first Nicolas Cage I had. What about you? What's your first first Nicolas Cage memory? If I'm not... It's Ghost Rider. I knew it was Ghost Rider. I figured. Again, this is the thing. I, I, I'm trying to look here at the filmography, right? Yeah. Just admit so it's I fine. About, it was Ghost Rider. Don't worry about it. I was it. about 13 when like he really started hitting it big. Like He had already been around, but like his big, big movies, right? This was like the action phase. If I'm not mistaken, the first like really big Nicolas Cage joint where it was like, this is an event, we're going to the theater to see this, City of Angels. Oh, shit. I actually got the CD sent to me. You remember when you would get the, the <laughs> you can send like 10 of these discs in and you'll get like three for free, oh, yeah, the like Col- little Col- disc stamps? Columbia Record House. 
Yes, the record house. So, like, City of Angels was always on that bitch, and I got it one time. So I remember going through this big Goo Goo Dolls phase, and I'm like, just, this is how I'm going to get women to, like, have I was just saying, are you just <laughs> crushing on the goo the whole time? Yeah, just, I mean, I was 13, but I was like, I know I need more in my arsenal than what I'm presenting now. Right. I'm like, I don't know that N64 alone is going to woo these ladies. <laughs> I've got to <laughs> expand my repertoire, and Goo Goo Dolls seem to have a lock. If there's but one I thing that will, it's the soundtrack watching, of City of Angels. Yeah, I remember going to the theater. It's like a big deal in our household, and we went and saw City of Angels. Uh, maybe the first one though that was like I was like, oh, this guy's the shit is Con Air. Like that was the first that was the first one I really like remember liking a lot and like, sure, oh god. Sure. But that movie's a really weird first Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it's a great because one. Because you're like, oh, so he's just like the white trashier uh Burt Reynolds who can do pull ups. Like it's, it's possible <laughs> it's, it's his longer hair it's his longest haircut by far. I don't think I've ever seen him in a movie <laughs> with longer hair. So that's like that's always my first go-to is like, that is bizarre Nicolas Cage hair. You know, it's On funny. this show, we go deep follicles, baby. Wait, That's how presented funny. by Pantene. My wife had never seen Con Air before, and she made a huge deal about wanting to see Con Air. And we ended up, we ended up going to see it at one of those rooftop cinemas in L.A., and she was like, this is the perfect way I can see Con Air for the first time. I'm like, I don't really know if there's like a perfect way to see a movie called Con Air yeah. for the first time. You're like, are we going to see a fireball from LAX up on this roof? <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, is exactly just, how I always dreamed it would be. I was like, is this some sort of <laughs> is this some sort of La La Land mystery? Like, instead of it being about jazz, it's about seeing Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. So that was my first Nicolas. It's it's hard. This is the thing. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. Boil down what you love most about Nicolas Cage and do a sentence, maybe two. Got it. Give me two seconds. I could eat a peach for hours. No, I knew I'm sorry. You're gonna do it again, and I hate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like I can't, it's the one. It's the line that sticks out to me the most from Nicolas Cage. That and uh, <laughs> that's that's all I got. Um, no, the thing that I love about Nicolas Cage, and this is the thing that I value above all else, and I can sum it up in one sentence. Every time I go to see a movie starring Nicolas Cage. I never know what movie I'm going to walk into. There's literally, there's, there's literally not a single time I've walked into a Nicolas Cage movie or sat down to watch a Nicolas Cage movie. And I, I looked at the person next to me like, don't know what the fuck this is about, but we're watching it because it's Nicolas Cage because he always is going to surprise you. There's, it doesn't matter what the movie's called. It could be called national treasure. And it's about a, a weird, it's a big goofy heist movie and a he, Disney flick. It's a Disney flick. And he's turning in this oddly nuanced, goofy, like professorly performance. And you're like, is this the same guy from leaving Las Vegas and raising Arizona? Like you're doing this. Like it's Isn't pretty it insane impressive. that he's, he's been the head of more than one Disney movie. <laughs> National treasure was a fucking franchise. Yeah, it was a franchise. Actually recently, like two weeks ago, I read an article like, Oh, there's not going to be a national treasure three. I'm like, I'm sorry. Was there a that was that on the table at some point? Like I'm I missed that. <laughs> no, I think that's kind of what I was gonna get at too. Is that what I I like about Cage is that he's so unworried about the projects he picks. It's so he's just because it's the thing you're never gonna get to see Tom Hanks and Drive Angry. No, it's impossible. It's <laughs> like, impossible. Tom it's Hanks. Like, think of who his counterparts were at the time. Like. 
even Bruce Willis, who had a little bit more out there of a filmography at times, like he still was always doing a Bruce Willis right. thing for the most. He kind of had comedy smirk Bruce Willis, and then Die Hard Bruce Willis, right? But like the furthest- there are like fifteen Nicholas Cage, like because this thing I was introduced to him right is creepy romantic angel Nick Cage right. into oh Southern white trash Burt Reynolds Nick Cage. <laughs> So then he became like the action guy to me, right? Then you right. see The Rock and this and that. To all of a sudden in college, he's doing movies like The Weatherman and Adaptation. You're like, oh, now he's like the weird emotional indie guy. Right. So like Nicolas Cage tracked with me for a while. Oh, yeah. And then, and then he went off the rails. But I, I mean, that's the weird thing is he he he's so it, it's become a downfall, right? The fact that like, oh, to sign up for any fucking thing. But he. I think it's so cool to see a guy who will just take any project on. It is. I mean, he's this generation's Christopher Walken. Like, Christopher Walken started the exact same way. Like, he was this guy who was a very serious actor. Like, he started off as, like, let's see, he was in Annie Hall and The Dead Zone, The Deer Hunter. Like, all these really important monumental flicks he was in. And then you get up into the 80s and he becomes kind of this bigger action star. And then you start getting in the 90s and he goes doing does like movies like The Prophecy and a couple other sort of weird off kilter things. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, he hits 2000s and he's an older guy now and Christopher Walken's doing just literally whatever anyone the guy did fucking uh that ping pong movie that was like some he was like he literally played Fu Manchu in some weird ping pong movie. <laughs> Balls of Fury? Yeah, Balls of Fury, that's what it was. But You know it's so funny? I've never heard anyone pin Cage down with the Walken comparison. That might be the best track. Except for Walken was all he started off as kind of a character actor. Sure. And he always maintained, right? Like even when he's doing stuff like Sleepy Hall and this and that. Right, he right. always pops up just because it's like Walken's another one of those though. He's always kind of doing like a version of Walken. Like how weird of Walken are we gonna get? Right. And, and no one's ever sad when he's in a movie. You're just like, oh, fuck, that's my Walken moment. Yeah. Nicolas Cage was a serious, like, leading man for a while. That's and then why he even I... transitioned into action star. But see, that's why I think that he's like Christopher Walken 2.0. Like, when we get Nicolas Cage in his 60s and 70s, <laughs> right. we're going to get this version of Nicolas Cage that we were like, oh, my God, I'm so glad he didn't, like, die of a massive drug overdose in the 90s. Like, because... There's no way Nicolas Cage was not doing just an insane amount of cocaine through the entire 1990s. Yeah, I saw 8mm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's another one. Like, there's movies. That's the thing I love about Nicolas Cage. There's movies that you realize you've seen with Nicolas Cage in them, and then you totally forget you've seen them, and then someone brings them up, and you're like, holy shit, I saw that movie. He was so great. All the time. All the time. It's this is the funny thing. Like I thought about it and it's like, I kind of paralleled him almost to like De Niro and Pacino went through this, right? Where they were kind of like big, early award dominant, this and that. And then De Niro, I think petered out a little faster than Pacino. Like now they're both just in almost laughably horrible, <laughs> you know, video on demand, kind of like mafia guys. I mean, but they still occasionally will do something really sure. good. I mean, and Nicolas Cage's downfall has maybe been a little bit harder, but this is the thing. His peak didn't let like they kept doing even when things weren't going good for De Niro or Pacino. They were still putting out like every now and again, the award movie. Right. I mean, I think the thing and De Niro was- went on to do like the meet the Fokker comedies and this. So it's I, I it's weird because I can't draw an exact 
parallel. I'd say De Niro and Pacino are victims of their own success because they did one thing so well above all other people that they literally could not be eclipsed any other way. So yeah. they had to do that literally their entire careers. And like I've seen De Niro do other stuff. And yeah, I mean, the Fockers is a great example of those movies. Uh, right. He's done some like uh, he's done some other like smaller movies that I I really liked. Like uh, yeah. what just happened was a really good one of those. Yeah. So but, he did that, and then but like you know I don't think we're gonna get our Pacino doing Scent of a Woman like rehitting the Heights Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> so it's wow it's weird. You speak it's, too it's soon, weird, I think. Because this is the thing. Like who are the contemporaries of Nicolas Cage? You have to say like uh, Hanks. Cruz. I think Hanks, Cruz, Cusack. Um, oh, yeah, Cusack. You know, Cusack's kind of had a weird he, – he's kind of Nicolas Cage like in his weird – Cusack's but, also kind of gone in a certain way, and he became <laughs> – Cusack was able to do a lot more, I think, traditional comedies. Cause, again, yeah, because he kind of started comedy and then went leading man, and now he's a weird like whore and other things. Right. Uh, You know, like weird Chinese video on demand movies. <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's so funny that Nicholas the thing about Nicholas Cage is above all these guys is I think I think you said there's this fucking ball of chaotic energy that Nicholas Cage can bring that others of them don't. It's kind of this weird walk-in with like the explosiveness of Pacino at times. Yeah, totally. Like anytime yeah. anytime I've sat down for a movie with him, I just Especially, like, I watch Nicolas Cage movies a lot with my wife, and I don't know why that happened. That's just sort of become our thing. Is like I'm just like Nicolas Cage. Every time we do it, I look at her and I'm just like, "Strap in, this is gonna be something, whatever this is." <laughs> like it doesn't matter. It could be like Bad Lieutenant, Raising Arizona. Uh, I mean, like any of the number of movies. I love that movie, The Weather Man. I think that movie's incredible. Oh, like, I love that. But that's what I mean. The range of like. The kind of emo guy, the comedy guy, the action star, the leading man, the Oscar. Like, Nicolas Cage won a fucking Academy Award. Yeah. Yeah, this is a another guy really important A guy who won an Academy thing. Award starred in Drive Angry. Nick, like, yeah, that's fucking Exactly. Insane. This is a guy who's willing to do anything to be in a movie. Like, And not to the point like, oh, my God, I'll fucking blow ten guys just to be in a flick. Like, he's But that willing- might have happened. If, if you heard Nicolas Cage had done that, you'd be like, yeah. Yeah. See, that's the other like thing. Nicolas that's Cage the was level. sitting on a stolen Tyrannosaurus Rex head. Yeah. That's, like a skull. You're like, what the fuck? That's the level of awesome Nicolas <laughs> Cage is. Is you'd hear him, you'd hear a story like, oh, dude, Nicolas Cage rammed 10 guys just to get into that Superman movie. You'd be like, yeah, I get it. This is a guy who's about to be Superman. And you're like, those guys were probably never pleased better. No. That's what I would think about. Absolutely. It. Those guys. This is the weird thing, though, right? Is like, but they each had the their own thing. unique rim job experience. That's a really important <laughs> thing. He's he always is method. He's like, wait, I gotta go. I gotta go get into character for this next one. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. It's like, and this is so that there's always those actors, right? Like Hanks and Cruz and Denzel all kind of have like a really good version of them. They do. Tom Cruise is always, to me, kind of doing a Tom Cruise character. And, of course, there's always a deviation. Sure. All of them do a, a movie occasionally that gets them out of that box. All of them do a Les Grossman But what Grossman they're known and, and what they make their money for is that thing. Right. And I think what you said, Nicolas Cage, it would be hard to pin down what his most Nicolas Cage is. You know, and that's the thing. It might be something like the Wicker Man now. Like that might be Pete Cage. There's a chance that's Pete Cage. Like, not <laughs> even though the movie is the worst. 
that movie is just an absolutely incredible abomination to me because there are people attached to that movie that I'm like, those people are legitimately talented writers, actors. Or like, that movie <laughs> that movie got adapted and is directed by Neil Abute, who's written some of like the best plays in the last like decade of playwriting. And he's one of the all-time worst directors. It's fucking shocking to me. Yeah, like, there is no girl abusing a man in that one. No. <laughs> Not directly Exa- enough. Exactly. Like, I mean, it was... <laughs> The Wicker Man is definitely Pete Cage. There's no way it's not. But like I, it's so it's so funny to see just the the ages of Cage and that like we're gonna do on this show live. He has a movie coming out, Mandy, right? And it looks kind oh, it of looks awesome. like if Nicolas Cage did Hellraiser, and you're like, fuck yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, whereas other stars have kind of faded. I'm I'm still with you. I always kind of tune in because you're just like, if nothing else. There's going to be at least a couple, like two to three of those just weird Nicolas Cage decisions. Right. Acting is all decision making, right? And he always makes some dandies. <laughs> so without further, I mean, that's the thing. I just, I I love all the different eras of Cage. This guy, his, if you go and look at his filmography, it's crazy. I can't wait to see what the Alchemists come up with as their yeah. uh, fan pick. I think it's going to be a barn burner because we I, left out some of the like, the big blockbustery yeah, cage. Yeah, we've given a lot of room here for you guys to come up with some pretty <laughs> creative suggestions for your for your uh, drop in the on the old bucket here because our cage list is <laughs> our cage list. I think is pretty good, but I think the con, the conservation we took to do our list will really make you guys picking one awesome. What do we got first, Griff? What's okay, first? On so the first off, we're starting. Uh, at the pinnacle of Cage's powers, right? Leaving Las Vegas. This is the one Ooh, he won the Oscar for. Yes. I love Tell the people what they're in store for. Leaving Las Vegas is a movie that's directed by Mike Figgis. Um, it's adapted from a novel who the writer killed himself after he sold the movie rights. So the movie is about Nicolas Cage plays this guy named Ben Sanderson, who's a screenwriter. And he decides that his life is complete shit. His he's been divorced. He, uh, like he sold all he's 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 a rich guy but he's divorced he is sort of uh, going through some money troubles all kinds of shit and what he decides to do is go to Las Vegas and drink himself to death that is literally the entirety of the movie he along the way he meets Elizabeth Shue who plays a hooker and they sort of strike up this odd relationship on the pretense that a she never um she never like questioned why he's doing what he's doing and also never asks him to stop drinking. So he like, <laughs> he spends the entire movie shit. Red flags, ladies, red flags. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you guys know, if you go on a date and some guy says, I'm going to kill myself by drinking myself to death. Um, but this is what I mean. This is a perfect moment where perfect fishbowl found the fish that will most, will yeah. most <laughs> fucking floating it's 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 truly i watched it a long time ago like i watched it when i was in college and then i watched it actually it was on uh one of the it was on one of the tv stations um in one of the myriad hotels i've stayed at in the last couple of months and i watched it again and it's just breathtaking man like he really is just turning in something incredible and there's no it's it's, gonna be a blast it's gonna be pretty interesting what's our second one next up cohen brothers get their shot at cage Oh, Raising Arizona. Yeah. Also, John Goodman returns in a cameo. John Goodman. If I'm not mistaken, he's one of the bikers, right? Yeah, he's one of the. He's one of the. Um, yes. Yeah, he, so he, this is actually comedic cage. This is another. This is another leaf of cage, right? This is a, uh, a bit of a, a throwback madcap comedy style. 
Um, Nicholas Cage pay, plays a kind of bumbling, foolish robber. He falls in love with, is it Holly Hunter? Holly, Holly Hunter, Hunter plays Ed, yeah. Holly Hunter, right. She plays a police officer. Uh, she's infertile, so he steals uh, one of a set of four newborns. It, quartet? Quartet? A quartet. Well, What's it quartet's called? Quartet's four, yeah. A quartet, whatever the fuck. They're not a barber group, but whatever that's called for babies. <laughs> <laughs> so he steals one, and then, uh, of course, hijinks ensues. Yeah. It's, it's, a it's kind of a fun where you get you get Matt, you get Nicolas Cage turning in an earnest yet funny performance uh, amidst the stylings of the Coen brothers. It's a really cool blend. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's Coen brothers. At the, I mean, it's really... It's one of the top five Coen brothers for a lot of people. Raising Arizona definitely is one of my favorite Coen brothers. Oh, movies. for sure. It's it's perfect screwball comedy. And it's done in the way only the you know, only the Coen brothers can A pull that kind of performance out of Nicolas Cage. And it's also the only kind of movie the the, the, the it's the only movie the Coen brothers could do and get away with, especially in that time period that they put it out. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really cool blending of very good powerful and uh talented artist at their peaks yeah uh it really it really uh ends up being such a great movie next we're going with box office exploding action star cage uh we chose con air for this yes this is one of those incredibly it's like one of those elevator pitch kind of things where someone just says you know convicts take over a plane uh try to escape you're like yeah i'd watch that and then you throw in just insane characters, a fucking great cast. So now you have Nicolas Cage playing uh, badass bicep vein Nicolas Cage, weird hair, uh, kicking ass while holding on to a teddy bear, weird southern accent he threw on. Yeah. What's his name? Cameron Payne. Yeah, it's some, I mean, it's, he, he Cameron gets, Payne, there was like that it. string of action movies he did in the 90s. The, the names they gave his characters are unbelievably awesome. I don't know if it was. A, it was hard between this, The Rock, and Face Off. Yeah, like there's a trifecta of <laughs> Nicolas Cage action movies. I personally love Con Air because it has probably, I think, collectively the best cast of all three of them. Like, oh, by far the best cast. What is fun? The only reason I was leaning towards Face Off is because you get to see Travolta try to be Cage and Cage try to be Travolta. And neither of them fully let go of yeah. themselves. It's so fucking strange. The, the Not reason, to mention just the zaniest sci-fi premise. But Face Off is a little too easy. But I will say, I think that the year that Face Off came out, we should find out who won Best Actor Oscar <laughs> that year because he was fucking robbed. Think about Rob. it. Nicholas <laughs> Cage. Looking for a two-peat. Nicholas Cage has to play John Travolta pretending to be Nicholas Cage inside Nicholas Cage. That is some meta level shit. That's like two layers deeper than an adaptation. Yeah. When level. that movie was called being John Malkovich, the critics applauded you yeah. fucking hypocrites. Nope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking everyone's, everyone's wrong in this business. You're fucking right. I mean, everyone who's seen Con Air, it's one of those movies. It's, it's unforgettable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. We're going to do a whole show on obviously like, Strap in. You guys remember yeah. what it was again, like. This it's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited for Once Con again, Air. with Nicolas Cage, strap in, folks. It's going to be a ride. Yeah. And then we're go we're finishing off the month with um, Wild at Heart. This is younger uh, indie Cage. Younger indie Cage. David Lynch sensibilities. It is such a weird blend. It's kind of a very similar 
set up to raising Arizona. What is this? A guy gets out of jail. He has a girlfriend. Um, he come. He runs astray of another criminal played by Willem Dafoe. Uh, David Lynchness ensues. To me, I love seeing a guy like Nicolas Cage who can go so far to the edges, put in films of directors that are so highly stylized. Yes. He... I, I love that he's not this is another he's just not containable. Like there's things he does in movies, no matter who they are. Like this guy could be in I think Nicolas Cage could be in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie that is the most like strictly <laughs> shot, stringent looking thing of all time. And you would still walk out of that movie going, That was a great Nicolas Cage movie. I really enjoyed that yeah. Nicolas Cage movie. Like I'm dying for the Nicolas Cage uh <laughs> leading role in a Spielberg flick. Oh man, <laughs> come like, on. Where is that? That would jump to number one on this list if we had <laughs> No or Terrence Malick, those two. Those those kind of directors, right? Oh, like dude. they have a stamp. Man, like if if there's ever an, if there's ever an actor that is needed in a like one of those sort of seamless, really bothersome Terrence Malick movies that just like kind of kind of <laughs> goes on, Nicholas Cage. That might be the best subtitle to the Terrence Malick uh, oeuvre. S- somewhat troubling. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I am excited for this list. We're also adding Mandy. It will drop in theaters next month. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do a now playing. We're gonna hit the theaters and then come back and talk about. Uh, the newest Nicolas Cage, because we realize we need something to represent this new era of Cage. Let's call it the um, the decadent downfall Caligula era of Cage, where he's just so de- he's living too deliciously and it's caught up with him. I was just about to say, dare I call it the delicious era? Yeah, I mean, you just read about Nicolas Cage and he hit some financial troubles a ways back and he's just doing this string of like insane movies. This one, to me, looks so fucking fun it's like murderous parents a bit clyde barkery i was like all right this is where cage is pulling it back maybe this is his sense of i mean woman. to me what it looks like is honestly and i don't know if you saw this one to me what it looks like is the serious actually well shot version of drive angry because because basically <laughs> you you actually had pitched drive angry and i was I like I would just be remiss if we let all this great cage go by to do drive angry listen drive if you want to make a quick elevator pitch for why you think we should have done drive angry now's the time well here's the thing i don't think we should have done drive angry because drive angry is <laughs> not liar. a good it's not a good movie okay <laughs> it's by no stretch a good movie the i think mandy will be the better version of because it's sort of the similar premise like other than the fact that in the movie nicholas cage is literally coming from hell to like avenge someone it's ridiculous but I mean, come on but there's still like some creepy zealot and all that bullshit but the reason Drive Angry is so good is because it contains one of the greatest action set pieces in the history of film of all time. <laughs> and I'll tell you the elements that occur. And I'll, I'll, I'll be really quick. It's Nicolas Cage banging a hooker in a dirty motel room while holding, while dr- holding a drinking a full bottle of Jack Daniels. Ten guys show up to ambush him in his hotel room. He grabs a gun off the dresser with his other free hand and while still inside so he's, the he he's balls deep one hand whiskey other hand gun other hand gun what while are we doing missionary still, position what's uh, the position she's she's on top missionary like it's almost it's almost like it's just forward cowgirl but so she's on top okay with 
still inside the hooker, starts fucking guns blazing, killing well, he paid. all these guys. <laughs> Does the hooker survive? She survives completely. Does she climax? I think he does, actually. Of course he does. I mean... God it, damn it, Nick. It's, Although, it's, technically, he's paying her, so... It's such a well-produced <laughs> moment. Like, I'm just like, God damn, this is so incredible. Like, I, I love every <laughs> minute of this. You're like, this is the opening of Touch of Evil, but buried in Drive Angry. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's... um. It's absolutely incredible. I think the movie itself, I mean, look, it's not a good movie, but the movie itself is so entertaining. It was almost worth being on the list, but we have such, this is the problem. Like there's so many great movies to pick from. It's hard to choose. You know what the best part of that is probably I'm doing this now, right? I've never seen drive angry. I'm imagining which version of my Nicholas cage is beneath that hooker doing all these murders. I bet it's different for everyone listening. We all have a different. We all have like a different which cage. which version of Cage is underneath that lady murdering all these dudes? Yeah, Alchemist. Which version of Cage is your Cage? I want to. I want to know because like mine is. If you had to pick one, if I had to pick one Nicholas Cage, like if you were to show one movie to anyone, take out Le- Leaving Las Vegas because that is probably the appropriate answer, and that's what he won his Oscar for. Right. What movie do you show someone, this is Nicolas Cage, welcome to the club? What are you dropping on the table? I mean, I feel it's a little too obvious, but, like, man, Face Off is really something else. But see, that's Cage trying to be Travolta. That's why it's an immediate disqualification. No, it's not. It's Cage being Travolta doing Cage. That's too much. You just need Cage, man. That's that's Cage in a nutshell. Cage is trying to do this, something. Okay, no okay one... this is the thing. I guess movie star Cage or real life Cage. Because if it's real life Cage, I think it's Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> You're like, this is if what I imagine Cage, is a slightly more depressed version yeah, of Nicholas. If it's real life Cage, I'll give you Bad Lieutenant. If it's movie, if it's movie star Cage, I would probably go with one of the big three action movies he did in the night. Like right. between Bruckheimer and Michael Bay, like. No one has ever made more Coke money for those guys than Nicolas Cage, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That might sum it up. Nicolas Cage brings Coke money, bitches. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, I can't wait for All right, guys. This is the list. So we have... I already forgot it. What do we have? Leaving Las Vegas, Raising Arizona, Wild at Heart. What's our other one? I missed one. Mandy's in theaters. Mandy. Wait, what'd you say? Leaving Las Vegas, raising Arizona, wild at heart. Wild at, Con Air. Con Air, come on. I miss Con Air. Mandy in theaters. Alchemist, hit us up early. I have a feeling this is going to be a barn burner. This is probably going to have to be a popular vote one. Everyone is going to have a cage uh, flick they love that they we should is not try, on this list. We should try to figure out how to put a poll up on the uh, the page. We'll see if we can do something like that. I think there's too many. I don't think we can contain it to a poll, but we'll see. Well. So this is the thing, guys. Get in. Let us know. As always, uh, guys, keep rating, reviewing, sharing. Uh, Watch a movie with a friend and then share the show with them, guys. We appreciate the help. It has mattered. Um, We do see it, and we do thank you, guys. Um, Also, follow the Film Alchemist podcast list on Letterboxd app. That'll let you know what movies we have planned coming up so you can get ahead of the curve and make sure you've seen everything before we do the show. 
Um, that's it, guys. We will uh, be seeing you soon for Nicholas Cage Month. The pod gets caged. The beast!